Um, I'm looking forward to today's message because I believe that it involves healing for a lot of us. Uh, maybe the start of healing for something in your life that maybe you've put way, 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 way on the back shelf that you've never really taken the opportunity to address or to work through in your life. But today we're going to continue in our series on peace of mind. And uh, I mentioned earlier the different things that we've kind of talked about. And today we're going to talk about seeking healing from trauma that we've had in our lives. And, and next week, we're going to wrap up the series. I'll just give you a sneak peek now um, with talking about burnout. Many of you or maybe some of you might feel like you're just kind of on the edge and you just can't take any more stuff going on in your life. And you're just like about to just curl up into a ball and just stay there. <laughs> um, or not tomorrow, not tomorrow, next week, next Sunday, we're going to talk about that. But today we're going to talk about trauma. And I want to um, invite you to take out your Bible at this time, paper, digital, the one under the seat um, in front of you. Get it out at this time. And we're going to be in this quite a bit. There's a few references this morning. And go ahead and raise it up in the air. Just pause. We can pump it up. Got my Bible, PK. Awesome, awesome. I love it. Ah, it gets me excited. Okay. <laughs> uh, we're going to be in a lot of different places. I would start by going to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. We're going to spend a lot of time in 2 Corinthians today, and um, but that's going to be in a little bit of time. But if you want to turn there and get ready, it'll also be up on the screens. Um, then you'll be all set when we get to that point. So we're going to talk about trauma which is probably one of the most difficult subjects in this series to talk about. Um, and it's a, it's a topic that you may not hear about much in church, like as a series or as a topic or as a sermon, or maybe in individual conversations, but maybe you haven't heard about it that much, but we're going to talk about it today. Um, many of you, probably the majority of you at some point in your life, has have endured something severe something that's like a trial or some kind of abuse in your life or some kind of heartbreak or heartache in your life. And so it's kind of with a heavy heart knowing that there's a lot of us, probably most of us that have gone through that, um, that I'm sharing today, but it's with the help of God's word, experts, godly advice, and a sensitive heart that I've been praying this week that God would do something, that he would do something um, just amazing in your lives to bring about healing and hope to you. Um, so what is trauma? Let's start there. <laughs> what is trauma? A lot of people think it's the actual event that happens to you. It's the actual abuse, but technically trauma is actually the response to what happens in an event. So we can define trauma like this. Trauma is a response to a deeply disturbing or distressing events that has happened in your life. Some, of, some people think of it as physical, like a traumatic injury that you've experienced, a physical injury. But the truth of the matter is that while trauma can be physical, and it often is in our lives, it also can be emotional, it can be mental, it can even be spiritual. And that's why it's so important when we start off talking about trauma to remember that the wounds you can't see can hurt as much as the ones that you can see. The wounds you can't see can hurt as much as the ones you can see. And 
sometimes they take even longer to heal. And so it's with a real awareness <laughs> that many of you have been hurt deeply and wounded through pretty horrible experiences that I wanna share God's word of hope with you today. Because maybe before you've maybe walked into a church and you've taken a chance and you've talked to somebody and you started sharing your trauma and maybe somebody with really good intentions as a happy, feely, good Christian goes, hey, Romans 8, 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. It's going to be all right. Just keep on going, right? And, it, and this is true. This is powerful. It is a life-changing truth, absolutely true, always true. But when you're in that moment, it isn't necessarily always helpful. It isn't holistically helpful to you when you still feel like you're in shock, maybe in denial, when you're moody because something happened and you don't know why, you can't control your emotions or you're overwhelmed with anxiety or you feel numb completely and you hear this and you just don't feel what this verse is saying or maybe you've done something's happened to you and it hasn't been your fault and it was something that was done do, to you and you feel guilt and shame about it. So today we want to talk about it more than just Romans 8:28 because this is powerful truth. We'll come back to it later, but but we're going to talk about it more in depth because we want to walk into this subject a little bit more intentionally and prayerfully than just looking at one verse. And so that's why the title of this message today is Three Ways to Seek Healing from Trauma. We're going to go a little bit more in depth here this morning, and I'm just going to pray over this message again. God, thank you for your presence and for your goodness and for the healing work that we can find through Jesus, that by his stripes we can be healed. And we pray that you would work through your word and by your spirit this morning to transform our lives, to bring about healing that we so desperately need from maybe things that we've avoided addressing. And we ask this in your name, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, so some of you probably grew up kind of like I did, I'm guessing. I, I'm not necessarily proud of this way that I grew up, but I was from the uh, maybe the generation where growing up, um, someone said, I experienced trauma, something happened, and, when they, and the response would be, get over it. Um, it could always be worse. Um, or if anybody got hurt, people would shrug it off, shrug it off and, and say, rub some dirt in it. Just walk it off. <laughs> Oh, or this one, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger. Anyone other than me grow up kind of hearing those phrases? Yeah. And so what does that teach you? It, it kind of teaches you this kind of whenever there's something bad that happens, whenever a trauma situation happens to you, it just kind of teaches you to get just get past it. Move past it. Just move on with your life. Life is going to get better. Just keep on moving ahead. Just keep swimming. Just keep swimming. Just, yeah. So that's another generation there. Um, just keep swimming, right? And what I've learned in growing up is that you don't just get over trauma. You don't. You don't just move past it. You actually need to heal from it. And so today we want to try about 
build a foundational understanding of what it is, and I want to show you a script how we actually can pursue healing and seek God for only what he can do through these situations in our lives. So there are three different types of trauma. There are three different types. There's acute, there's chronic trauma, and there's complex trauma. So what is acute trauma? Acute trauma is a response from a one-time traumatic experience or event. Maybe you were in a horrendous car accident and you, sur and you survived, but you had some injuries or your car was totaled. Or maybe you survived a natural disaster. You know, for us in Florida, you might have been in the direct path of a pending Cat 4 hurricane and you're anxious. And, or maybe you actually got hit by a storm and were affected by that. It could be going through an indescribably complicated birthing process, losing your business, Maybe you were even raped or molested at one point in your life. Whatever it was, it was dangerous, and you survived, and you, it was a one-time event, and it was a, you had a very traumatic response in your life. It was horrible, and your response was traumatic. Then the second type is chronic, which is a long-term response from prolonged or repeated events. It's not a one-time event like acute, but it's a long-term event. For example, some of you may be bullied, may have been bullied all the way through school, um, or maybe just junior high. Maybe others of you experience some form of racism or stereotyping or categorizing for most of your life. It may be that you had, um, were raised in a home where there was alcohol abuse, or maybe there's drug abuse, or you lived in an environment that just didn't feel safe to you. Others of you, maybe you're sexually abused not just one time, but over and over again by somebody that should have been protecting you instead of harming you. There's chronic abuse. And the third type is called complex trauma. And this is a response to multiple and ongoing events. This is when you're raised in a home or you're married to someone, and you see a combination of all the things that we talked about. There's chemical abuse, there's emotional abuse, there's physical abuse, there might be sexual abuse, and the list could go on and on and on. That's complex. It kind of takes the one and two and throws them all together. And no matter what you've been through or at what level, trauma changes you and it changes your perspective, and it can change how you see people, how you see God, it can change your outlook on your entire life. I'll give you some personal examples of this. When I was in sixth grade, my dad was a lineman all the way through my childhood and into retirement. He was an electrical lineman. When I was in sixth grade, uh, my dad was in a horrific explosion accident and now by God's provision and, and, and a miracle God sent someone in to go in and literally pull him out of the fire and rescue him um, and saved his life however it was a traumatic experience in my life to experience that knock on the door by the company saying hey you know your husband your dad's been in an explosion was in a fire it was traumatic going through and seeing his burns that he had and as a younger child, um, seeing the burns. It was, it was traumatic seeing his, even in his recovery, the difficulty and the heroicness, it affected my life and it affected my perspective. It changed me. Um, moving on from that moment, I, I, we would have science class and there would be the, the current um, like where you stand and there's like the flow of electricity current thing and you hold hands or you hold the item and you feel the I wouldn't do it I would ask the teacher 
I don't want I don't want to feel it. I was afraid of electric electricity, electric current. Even at mild levels, it did something. It changed me. It made me fearful. Um, it made me um, anytime there was a fire or anything, it made brought anxiety in my life. Whenever um, I would watch a movie, especially a serious kind of movie or dramatic event, there's a fire or electrocution or something like that. I couldn't watch it. It'd make my stomach sick. And that was my traumatic experience. Anxiety and fear would creep up on me, even though my dad healed and recovered and went back to work. And he's my hero, you know, and that. And just, just the determination was awesome. I'll give you another example. On 9-11, um, in the midst of the horrendous terrorist attacks that were traumatic to begin with as a young college student watching and wondering what was going on and all this stuff, I went out among the gas station raids everybody remember that or anybody remember that in my area there were a lot of people going out to get gas because they didn't know if gas was going to run out they're going to stop there was craziness so i went out to go get gas and i was waiting to turn left at an intersection and i thought it was clear to go and i went and it wasn't and i got in a car accident my brother was in the seat next to me and the car spun and all this stuff and i was at fault and it was just another thing to add to a very bad day um, in my life well ever since then it changed how I drive. <laughs> I am annoying when it comes to turning left. Whenever there is a light at an intersection, I go and I pause extra long and I inch along. I'm like, okay, how fast is that car coming? Is their light turning yellow? I mean, there's this whole long turtley type response that I have. And I'm just like, okay, I think I could go now. But I'm, I, it's, it's, frightened me. So I haven't gotten in another accident since then, turning left at an intersection um, because of that, because I'm extra cautious. But if you're ever in the car with me and you're wondering, why is she not turning left? It's probably because of the accident many, many, many years ago. These events left me traumatized and they changed me and how I responded to different things in life. And for you, it might be that someone hurts you and you don't know how to trust people anymore. It might be that you find it difficult to trust God. It might be that you grew up with no money, and so now you get these really dysfunctional views and fear of not having enough no matter what. And it might be that something, someone, something, someone did something to you, and so you're so traumatized, worrying that one day they will now do that to your children. How do we heal from these things? Well, today we're going to take a look at God's word. And a person that you might not automatically think of in, as somebody who experienced trauma, it might not be the first person that jumps to your mind. And, and we're going to talk about Paul. Paul, you know, the Apostle Paul, the person that wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, the guy who said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. Woo! He experienced acute, chronic, and complex trauma all of them. And I want us to look at, look at and watch how God brought healing to him and how God brought him to a stronger place based on what he had been through. And this goes all the way back to his conversion experience. If you don't know, he was the guy that was authorizing the killing of Christians. He was persecuting Christians. He was a Christian killer, kind of hater, kind of person. And he wasn't, he, in his conversion experience, it was traumatic for him. Now, I don't think that most conversions of Christ are necessarily traumatic. I know mine wasn't as, it wasn't traumatic at all. It was a sweet prayer at my bedside at five with my dad, you know, all these sweet things, right? But his conversion was super traumatic. 
The Apostle Paul, he was persecuting, threatening death, and approving the killing of Christians. And in, in Acts 9, you can read about it. And he was actively doing this when a light from heaven randomly just knocks him to the ground on the road to Damascus. Now, we don't know for 100% certainty, but most people believe that this light that struck him to the ground was actually lightning. It was actually lightning. So Saul is likely struck by lightning. And then a voice from heaven speaks. And the voice doesn't go, Hello, my servants, I have chosen thou to serve me. I love you. No, the voice says, Why are you persecuting me, Saul? Whoa, right? God knocks him down with lightning and then asks him this in-the-face question. Then next, Paul is blinded for three whole days. And God doesn't say when this happens, hey, don't worry, three days from now, some guy's going to come up to you, I'm going to send him, he's going to come and pray for you, and you're going to be healed. He doesn't give him a heads up to that. He's just blind. (laughs) He's knocked down by lightning. A voice from heaven isn't particularly generous or kind to him. He's blind for three days. He has seeing eye people helping him, and then he is healed. And this Christian persecutor, this Christian killer, becomes a killer Christian preacher. He preaches the gospel. And so the good news is that God, after this, he rewarded him with a six-figure salary, with great benefits, and lots of babes. No. For those of you that know the story of Paul, the rest of his life, he endured prolific abuse. He was running for his life. Paul exited city after city after city, after city, because people were trying to kill him and take his life, and he endured ongoing severe trauma, and he healed from it. And so we're going to look at three things in Scripture that we can do, that we can learn from the life of Paul to pursue healing with God when we go through acute, chronic, and I just forgot the other one. Oh my goodness, that's Thank you, complex. You get an A, whoever said that. Good job. Um, (laughs) We're going to take a look at scripture and see what we can do. So the first thing we need to learn, uh, that we learn as we look at Paul, is that we need to process the pain of our trauma. Now, as a side note to everyone, in order to process trauma, we have to acknowledge the trauma. And I've kind of alluded to this. Um, Some of us, some of you might have gone through something and you've put it aside. You've just moved past it. And you try to act like it never happened or it's so long ago that life is different now and you're just living life. But I want you to know that you don't heal when you ignore the wound. You don't heal when you ignore the wound. You don't heal it when you suppress it. You don't heal it when you try to forget it. You start to heal when you take it to God and you start to process it. So some of us, we might need to say, you know, I was abused. I, I was abused, I was raped, I was abandoned, I was mistreated. You just need to say it. And you just need to come forward with it and just acknowledge what had happened. And the reason we don't want to um, say this, this is we want to just shut it out because we feel vulnerable, right? When we address this, we name it. We feel vulnerable. We feel helpless. We feel like it's better just to ignore it than to process it sometimes. It's just easier. It doesn't hurt as much, so we just ignore it and keep moving forward. And what happens is, according to the experts, um, instead of seeking connection 
We prioritize protection. We withdraw, we isolate ourselves, and instead of seeking connection through trauma, we prioritize our protection, protecting our life, protecting our emotions, and not wanting to feel and move through that. And instead of taking our pain to trusted people and talking, we often end up pushing trusted people away and getting moving further and further into isolation. And the problem is, is that we don't heal in isolation. We heal best in community. We heal best in community. We heal together with the people of God because we're better together, because iron sharpens iron, because we confess our faults to one another and we pray for each other. Healing comes from sharing. Community matters so, so much. And the challenge is, is if you ignore the pain, the wound is still there. It's not gone. And what happens is you end up, um, it ends up affecting how you live your life. But also what can happen is you go somewhere else to cope. And you can go to drugs or to alcohol. You can go to sex or you use food as a coping mechanism. Or you do what I've done in my life and I work, 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 work. Do all the things, perform, just keep moving and just ignore that it happened. Just keep moving, just keep moving. You'll survive, just keep swimming. Paul actually processed his trauma. And I'm going to share with you a portion of scripture where Paul is sharing. He's writing about his trauma. And yes, he's telling them what he's been through. But the reality of what Paul is doing as he's writing to the Corinthians is is that he's processing his pain. This is a way of Paul healing. And so 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 23 through 28, we're going to hear Paul's processing of his trauma, processing his pain. He says this, Are they servants of Christ? I am out of my mind to talk like this. I am more. I have worked so, I've worked harder, been in prison more frequently, been flogged more severely, and been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was pelted with stones. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open. I have been constantly on the move. I have been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have labored and toiled and have have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and I have been often gone without food. I have been cold and naked. And then he says this. He says, besides everything else, I face the daily pressure of my concern for all the churches. He's processing. He's writing out all the trauma, all the things that he's gone. He's journaling here is kind of what he's doing, right? And then Paul writes this in 2 Corinthians 1.8. We were under great pressure far beyond our ability to endure so that we despaired of life itself. That's some deep trauma <laughs> that he's processing If you've ever hurt so deeply that you didn't know if you wanted to go on, the guy who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament had been there as well. He'd been there as well. So what did he do? Well, we see he's, he's talking about it. He's writing to friends about this. He's writing to the church. He's processing the pain. He's processing what he's been through. And I want to encourage you to find a safe place, maybe the right place with the right people to process 
the pain of your trauma. And that could be very well for many of you, someone here in this very room. It could be someone that is a trusted spiritual friend in your life. It could be a pastor. It could be a Christian counselor who's trained to help. But we don't heal when we ignore it. We have to acknowledge it. We have to process it with trusted people. We don't heal in isolation. We heal in community. And the second thing that we do is that we can prayerfully press into God with our trauma. We prayerfully press into God with our trauma. We take it to God. We cry out to him. We talk to him. We might even complain to God about our trauma. And this is what Paul does in 2 Corinthians 12. If you don't know the context of 2 Corinthians 12, he had something, Paul has something he called a thorn. And we don't know exactly what the thorn was. Scholars guess all different types of things. But it was a thorn that was bothering him. It was tormenting him. It wasn't, go wasn't going away. And it seems to me that we've all been there. We've all had a thorn in our lives, something that just keeps coming up, doesn't go away, is bothering us, whether it's physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, something that's a thorn. But it seems like, it, it seems like all of us has had that, something we wished away from our life. And scripture says that Paul did this. He says, three, three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Now, most scholars would say that this wasn't like just three little, three little prayers. This wasn't just three times I prayed, and I'm like, well, he's not taking away, and, you know, go on and mope along. This is like three seasons of ongoing prayer that scholars say that Paul did. But notice in this, he's not blaming God for the thorn, but he took his thorn to God. And he prayed, and he pleaded, and he begged God to take it away in these seasons of prayer. In the very same way, you too can take your hurt to God. And you can take it to him again, and you can take it to him a third time, and you can take him more than three times. And you can unload on him and say, God, I don't understand. Why did this happen? Why did you allow this to happen, right? Sometimes we feel like it's God, and <laughs> you could have stopped this, God. Why did you let this happen? You could tell him, it's not my fault. I don't know what to do, God. I don't know even how to heal. What do I do? How do I begin? Our God is good like that. Because you can totally and can be completely honest with him. You don't have to hold back. He can handle the hurt from your heart. He can handle it. But you need to press into him. Don't go away from him. Press into him with prayer. He can handle it. Scripture says to cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. You take your burdens and you give him your all. You give him your praise. You give him your thanksgiving, right? And so you give him your hurt from your heart as well. Three times Paul pleaded with the Lord and God responded to him. This is God's response. God said, but God said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my power is made perfect in weakness. And the thing that you hate most, you'll best discover my power and presence in your life. And that thing that just won't go away, you will experience me. And then Paul says something that would be almost weird in any other case, but he says this. He says, that's why for Christ's sake, I delight in weakness and in insults and in hardship and persecutions and difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. And that only comes from the presence of God. You take it to God, you take it to him, and you take it to him again. 
And even if God doesn't take it away, he says, my grace is what you need. My power is what you need. I, I made strong in your weakness. This is what you need, my grace, my power, and I'll give it to you to get through this. And I hope that you understand that God just doesn't dismiss your pain. He doesn't just look away. Instead, nothing, um, instead, nothing can change our past, right? There's, there's nothing can change our past, but I want to share with you that God can heal your broken heart. He doesn't look away from your broken heart. He wants and desires and can heal your broken heart. He can't change what has been done to you, but he can bring healing to you and your life. Psalm 34, 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. God can heal your broken heart. So we process the pain of our trauma with trusted people. We press into God. We take it to him. And the third thing I'm going to share with you is it, some of you may not be ready for it yet. In, in your processing of pain and where you're at in that process, you might hear this and you might go, huh, you might just laugh. You may not be ready to hear it, but I want you to hear it because it's going to come. It's a promise. Um, hope is coming in your pain. In this process of moving through your trauma and receiving healing from the Lord and his power and his grace to move through it, there is, there is something coming. And what's coming is this, is the number three. We pursue purpose in our trauma. Now, it sounds kind of rough. Like, really, there's a purpose to my hurting? That's, that's pretty harsh. Why, why would that be? But it, it happens. Uh, um, at some point, it, it might be too soon now, but at some point, if you process your trauma and you heal from it and you take it to God, you might say something similar to what Paul says. And this is Paul who had been, what, he'd been beaten, struck by lightning, shipwrecked, stoned, left for dead, whipped too many times to count. And he says this, Praise be to the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. Praise be to the God of all comfort, who brings comfort to us, who comforts us with all compassion so that we can have purpose in our pain, so that we too one day can bring comfort to others that, have, that are going through different circumstances, that we too can be heal, used in the healing process of someone else's difficult times. There are many people that are, I believe might be hurting in this room or maybe have put off hurting in their lives and and it's kind of hard as a pastor your heart's heavy when you're preaching something like this because you want to be I, I'm a fixer I want to be able to bring you know healing but I know the one who can <laughs> and and I know that that's so many of us that are just maybe not okay we might present okay but we're just not okay and your responses to what's going on in your life it's not the normal it's not you you're frustrated easily angry more easily, you're more critical, dissatisfied, maybe you're hurting more in your life, and it's not you, something's not right. And what I want to share and say to you is if you're not okay, it's because you're not okay. <laughs> Meaning something happened to you, happened in your life. Something happened. 
And in talking with different ministries I stayed at during my sabbatical this summer, they all said similar things. People are hurting. Pastors are hurting at, at unusually high rates right now in our world. And it makes sense. Think of the list of all that has happened over the last few years that has disrupted our normal and has inflicted pain and trauma on us all. Many people are out there with untold levels of pain, loss of loved ones, loss of fellowship, loss of freedom, loss of trust, loss of relationships. How many of you guys um, disagree or witness people disagreeing on one thing and so uh, we just don't like each other anymore and we write them off, we cut them off from our lives, right? These things have been happening and, and you need to know that you can experience healing from your trauma, healing from your trauma over the last few years, healing from trauma way back in your childhood. You can experience trauma. But what you need to know is that you can be way stronger on the other side of your trauma. And that's what I'm experiencing because what I want you to know, I've been through hurt too, too, different stories and what I'm sharing. I'm not going to share more with you, but I've experienced trauma just like you. And I'm going to tell you that I've had the chance to recover from some stuff and spiritually be set free from some childhood and ongoing traumas in my life. And because I pursued Jesus and his healing and within community, I have experienced this healing and I am now stronger today than I was before. Stronger, closer to God. And you can be too. And that's why I would tell you this, not in the easy, cliche, write-it-off type of way, but I want you to know and I want you to feel it because what we ex read at the very beginning is true. We know that in Scripture, we know that in all things, in all things, even our most painful and broken moments, in all things, our God works together for good to those who love him, who are pursuing him and need him and are called according to his purpose. So I want to push all of us a little bit this morning. Your trauma may or may not have been your fault, but pursuing God for healing is your responsibility. What happened to you, what you've experienced, it might not have been because of you, but pursuing God for your healing is your responsibility. You have to do it. You've got to do it. No more victim, no more ignoring, no more pushing it off to the side, no more just keep swimming. No more victim. We, we've been hurt, but we could heal. We could actually pro process healing and be set free from those things because we have a good God that can bring healing. We have a good God. And my prayer this morning is that you would have hope today. I hurt with you. I've experienced things too. I, I love you as your pastor and your friend. And I love you enough to say, stop ignoring the trauma. Address it. Pursue God. Pursue Jesus in your healing. There is hope. And you can be stronger and you can have purpose in your trauma. Because he wants to redeem all of it for his glory and use it for his purposes. And use you. You have a purpose and he loves you. So let's go ahead and pray this morning. God, I thank you for this amazing church family and for your grace. God, you are the father of all compassion who comforts us from the comfort from heaven so that one day we can comfort others with the same comfort that you have given to us. 
God, I wasn't sure if I was going to do this part in the prayer or not, but I think, I think I'm going to go for it. <laughs> so right now in the middle of this prayer, I just ask everyone would look up at me right now. It's okay. We can open our eyes during prayer. And I want you to look around the room and see people that are not okay, right? <laughs> they're not okay not because they're not good people. They're not okay because we live in a broken world. And what I want you to do is maybe something stretch you a little bit, get you out of your comfort zone a little bit is if you're not doing great right now, if there's something that's on your heart that you haven't brought to God, that you haven't experienced healing from, and you want to do that, and you just want to say, I need help from Jesus today, I need to start this process of healing, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand. With everybody not being okay, just raise your hand. I'm still working through different things as well. There's a lot that goes on in our life. And what I want the rest of you, maybe you didn't raise your hand. Maybe you raise your hand and somebody next to you raise your hand. What I want you to do right now is that if you lifted, if, if you're near someone who lifted your hands, I want you to put a hand on somebody. If you're close to somebody, just put a hand on their shoulder. If your family, just reach out and hold their hand in this moment. And we're going to pray together. We're going to ask God for his healing to begin the process of healing within us. God, this is a beautiful moment to see people being real and honest and say, I'm hurting. I'm not okay. And God, we live in a broken world and lots of things that we go through and we're going through and and. God, I just pray in this moment as a church that we just ask for your presence to do what only you can do, what you can do to begin the healing in us. God, give us the courage to start by admitting and acknowledging that, hey, I've been through this. I'm going through some stuff or this thing happened to me when I was younger. It may have been abuse. It may have been a traumatic thing. Maybe it's chronic pain that's traumatic in our lives. Maybe we don't Maybe we just don't know how to even label it, God, but we know that we need your help. Help us to acknowledge that maybe we're just not okay this morning and we need your help. So God, I pray that this is a safe community, but maybe there's other people you want to bring into someone's life to help provide healing. Maybe a pastor like myself, maybe maybe Pastor John when he comes back, or a trusted Christian counselor, somebody that somebody can begin that process with that might be able to shed some light and help them experience healing and freedom. Just to take our pain to, somebody to take our pain to and help us process it and work through it. God, we give you today our hurt, our confusion, our anger, our guilt, our shame, our rage, our doubts, we take it all to you, God. We cast our cares onto you this morning. And somehow, God, we have the faith. Help us to have the faith and to believe that you could take the worst pain imaginable, the worst pain we've experienced and somehow make us stronger, closer to you, one day in order that, that there would be purpose 
in what we're experiencing and that you would help us to one day help others with the same comfort that you have given us, Lord. God, I thank you for the family of God. I thank you for our church. I thank you that we are a place where we can hurt and heal and worship and praise and celebrate. God, help us to continue connecting with one another and helping one another walk in faith in this relationship that we have with you, pursuing you for our healing, for our peace, for our power, for our strength. And God, I pray that you would do that, that you would bless those in this room, that you would provide what they are seeking, God, and provide through the will that you have for them, God, in the ways that you know that we are, don't even, aren't even aware of yet, that you would just bless them. We thank you, Lord, for what you're going to do, for, for what you have done and what you are going to do and being set through, free from these things that we have experienced, God, so that we might be stronger through your power and your strength and your grace, God. We thank you for the victory. We thank you for the week ahead and how you're going to use us and call us, help us to move forward in faith and trust in you. We love you, God. We praise you. We magnify you. We are so in awe of you, God. And we thank you for all that you do for us. It's in your name, I pray. In Jesus' powerful name, amen. Well, the Holy Spirit has been here this morning, and um, it's been a great time of worship together. I want to remind you of tithes and offerings as you leave today. Um, they're located at the doors as you leave. If you are a guest with us or want to share a prayer request or share, hey, what God did in my life today, share it on a blue card, hand it to me or put it in the plates as well as you leave. We want to invite you back next week as we conclude our series, as PJ returns um, to us next week, and we conclude our series with burnout. And uh, we're going to talk about that and experience healing, a beginning of healing in that. But if you need to talk, I can encourage you, continue to seek God for your healing. He is a good God, and he wants to set you free from all these things that you've experienced and be able to use you in it on the other side of things. You can be stronger. You will be stronger when you seek the Lord. God bless you. Love you. Have a wonderful week.